And this morning, uh, you know, we continue in our celebration of the birth of Christ. Uh, our scripture reading is going to come from John chapter 1. Uh, it's verse 1 through 14. I invite you to open up your Bibles with me there. John chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world came into being. It was was John, not mommy, but sorry. (laughs) She's the light, but we're talking about John. Anyways. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. We've seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, when we think of the Christmas story, you know, most of the time we, we think uh, our, our minds immediately go to, you know, a nativity set, right? We think of Jesus and Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men. Uh, I mean, that's the Christmas story. These are the characters that we're familiar with a lot of times. And we, we find these stories in uh, Luke's gospel and in Matthew's gospel and their telling of the story. Uh, Mark and John take a different approach. If you start out in Mark chapter one, you'll see Mark begins really at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. He kind of skips the whole birth thing altogether. He's like, we got, we got some, some mission to get to. Uh, and so Mark skips over it all together. And then, then when we get to John, uh, John doesn't have a birth scene either, uh, but as he's beginning his gospel, as he's beginning to tell us the good news of Jesus Christ, in a way, John uh, goes back and starts way before the birth of Jesus even begins, uh, Jesus' birth on earth. You could say that he starts his gospel really earlier than any others because John begins in the beginning. Uh, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. See, with this phrase, John's bringing to our attention, to our minds, the book of Genesis. He's inviting us to go back to the beginning, all the way to the beginning, not just the beginning of Jesus' ministry on earth, not the beginning of his life on earth. He's inviting us to go to the beginning of time, to look back at the beginning when the earth was formless and empty, when darkness was over the surface of the deep and God spoke the word, let there be light. And there was light. John is saying this word that went forth wasn't just a word like you and I would speak. It was the word that would be made flesh. Uh, The word is the creative force at power 
and at work in creation. This word that was born into the world on Christmas Day was with God and is God, and all things have come into being through him. This baby that was born in a manger uh, is the creator of all things, who's come to us in human flesh, who's entered into the story that he's writing. It's the realization that John is bringing to our attention that in Jesus, this word through whom all things came into being was entering into the world. God, as the author of creation, was entering into the story that he had written and was continuing to write. And as John brings us back to the beginning, he's telling us that the word entering into the story, into creation, is signaling a new beginning. There is a creation and there is a new creation. There is the world that existed through God speaking the word. And there is the new world that comes into existence when the word made flesh appears in the story. It's a message for us, a reminder to us that Christmas means that new life is possible. I don't often talk about my life before Jesus because there's a lot of things I would rather not say. Uh, a lot of stories that probably I don't need to tell. But, uh, but I know that when I said yes to Jesus as my Savior, that it marked a new beginning in my life. That a new set of desires was born within me. Things that I desire now are definitely not what I thought of uh, back before I knew Jesus as my Savior. Before I followed him, before I trusted him, before I really allowed him to do that work of new creation within me. Uh, this uh, me that exists now is, is a little bit more kinder and compassionate that was born in me through Jesus. Uh, there's, and, and you know, my kids might not always say there's the kindness and compassionateness, but... But just imagine how bad it would have been before Jesus, right? I mean, <laughs> there was a, a, a me uh, that began in knowing Jesus uh, that, is, that is less selfish, less self-centered, less focused on myself. There's a me that was born in Jesus, a new beginning that started within me and Jesus that began to think about others, that began to consider others when previously I'd only thought of myself. I mean, and this is really just the tip of the iceberg, but, but this is the new beginning that, that Jesus brings. This is the new beginning that is the Christmas story for us of how it becomes real within our lives, that, that Jesus wasn't just born on Christmas Day. It's just not the story that we can tell, but there's a new beginning for the world, a new beginning for us. Now, I wish, you know, that the old me was entirely gone. Right, that there wasn't any more of that within me. But, but like the world before Jesus continues to exist alongside of the new world that came into existence with Christ's birth, I find this to be true in me. And I imagine most of us would say uh, we're in that same spot. We haven't been fully, fully sanctified just yet. But there's this ongoing process at work. You know, there's this new me in Christ that's at work transforming this old me. And this takes place as I spend time in the word, as I spent time with the word that had come into the world. We have a hope in Jesus that this new world that has come into being as the word entered the story that is the story of the future, that it's the story that will prevail, that the old world, the old story will one day pass and this new life that's come to us in Jesus, this new creation that has begun in Jesus will continue on and all of his glory. That's the promise that we hold on to throughout the Advent season and on Christmas morning. We see uh, this hope as we continue to read about this word that has entered into the world. 
John says, uh, what has come into being through the word, what has come into being through Jesus is life. And his life was the light of all people. If you go back again with John to the story in Genesis, the story of creation, you know, we see it says that the the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and God spoke the word, let there be light. And there was light. There's this connection that John is making between this light that has entered into the world and Jesus and this light that was spoken into the darkness. And he's, he's telling us that Jesus is the word that brought light into creation and Jesus is the light that shines within new creation. He's the light that shines into the darkness, the light that shines into the formlessness, into the void, into the chaos, into the emptiness, the light that darkness cannot comprehend or overtake. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light of life that shines into our lives, illuminating everything, showing everything for what it is, and giving light to our way, to our path. Now, I've been in some dark places in my life, and I don't just mean metaphorically, though I've been in some dark places like that too, Uh, but I've been in, in physical places where it gets dark, where you're so far removed from electricity and the power grid uh, that you know, that, that everything around you is just dark, dark enough to where it's hard to see where you're stepping in front of you. Uh, one memory that stands out is a trip that I took to uh, Lesotho. It's a small country in South Africa. Uh, and I was there visiting with the church. There was a group of us and uh, we were on top of a mountain. Uh, there was no electricity uh, in this village. There was no r- running water. We're working with a, with a local church. And at night, it was so dark outside, uh, and our eyes were not adjusted to the darkness in any kind of way, that you could stick out your hand in front of you, and you'd be hard-pressed to be able to see it. I mean, that's, that's the kind of how, how just dark it gets when there's no street lights out and about. Uh, but the amazing thing, the most incredible thing, is that you could look up in the sky, and you see, you know, it's the whole Milky Way galaxy there before you. I mean... You know, we see a few stars, you know, and, and if I tried to look up at night now at my house and I tried to count the stars, there'd still be many more. But, but when you're in a place like that and you look up and you see the stars, I mean, it fills the sky. It floods the sky. I mean, there's like billions of them out there. Uh, you would never be able to count it. But it's amazing because in the midst of this darkness where I can't look in front of me and see my hand, that there was this beauty, this light that was shining through. You know, light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it the darkness cannot stop it it can't prevent it no matter how kind of dark it was uh, down on the ground there's this light that's shining from above and i can still see it i can see it shining in the midst of everything around me it's a reminder to us that there is hope right even in difficult times there is hope because we know that ultimately light ultimately jesus is the one who prevails and, and I think in some ways, John might even be uh, doing a little bit of foreshadowing, uh, reminding us of this light that overcomes the darkness because Jesus in his life encounters darkness in its fullest. As Jesus is crucified on the cross, as he's put in the grave, he encounters the totality of what we might understand as darkness. I mean, I haven't, I haven't experienced death and being buried yet, uh, but I can imagine it's, it's pretty dark. I imagine you can't see anything. Uh, But the darkness of death cannot stop the light of resurrection. 
Death couldn't stop Jesus. It couldn't hold him back. His resurrection for us becomes a proof that the darkness cannot overcome light. And it offers hope to us that the power of God will shine through in every dark place within our world, with every dark place within our lives. Even the the darkness that we experience in life that isn't metaphorical, the light of Christ shines through. The light of Christ that is the resurrection power of Jesus gives us hope that nothing that we go through is insurmountable or overcomable for the light that is in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the word of God that brings about a new creation. He's the word of God, the light of God's love and power that offers us this hope in every situation because he cannot be overcome. In fact, uh, Jesus would later say in John uh, 16, 33, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, uh, you will go through some dark times. You will experience some difficulties, uh, some adversity, some challenges. It's going to happen. And at times, it may feel as though this darkness has overcome you. It may feel as though the challenges that you face are insurmountable, that there's no way forward, that there is no hope. But then Jesus says, says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. The light shines in the darkness and cannot be overcome. It's an invitation for us to rely on, to find our strength and our hope in this light that shines in the darkness and cannot be overcome. And Jesus is uh, the word of God. He's the light of God. And in verse 14, we are told that in Jesus, we see the glory of God. As John writes this, you know, uh, we see you know, his brilliance or, or, or the brilliance of God speaking through him. I, I mean, I really think if you, if you read through John's gospel, I mean, it's, it's incredible the way that he weaves all of these different things together as he's telling us the story of Jesus, who was in the beginning, who created all things, who's been present throughout and who shows up on earth. Now, but in verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. A lot of translations, and I think perhaps more accurate translations, uh, it says, you know, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Uh, Oftentimes, I think we translate it as lived or dwelt among us uh, because tabernacle isn't a part of our everyday language. It's not something that we use. We don't always comprehend it. We might miss the analogy, but I think this is what John is getting at. So in the Old Testament, uh, back in Exodus, uh, when God delivered his people, the people of Israel, from slavery and bondage in Egypt, and, and he led them to the promised land, we, we read that God went on this journey with them. Right? He, he sets them free from, from slavery. He sets them free from their bondage. He leads them out uh, into the wilderness. He leads them to the promised land, and God goes on the journey with them. He led them. He walked with them. He showed them the way. But the thing is, uh, the God's presence, God's power, uh, God's glory, his holiness is too much for people to be near him, right? Like you, you wouldn't reach out and touch God the same way I might reach out and touch you. I'm not going to go up and shake God's hand, uh, at least if, if I'm in this story in Exodus. Uh, I'm not going to reach out and shake God's hand the same way that I might reach out and shake yours. His, his power, his glory, his holiness is too much. It would overwhelm people to the point of death, right? The, the, the sins of people, our sins, are, are too much. Our, our unholiness prevents us from drawing that near to enter into the fullness of his presence and his glory. So the people of Israel, they set up a tent, a meeting space between them and God 
a tabernacle and God would meet with the leaders. God would meet with the priests of the people there in the tabernacle and they would see his glory descend upon the tabernacle. His glory, his presence would come down like a cloud and they would know that God was there in the tabernacle, that he had come to meet with them, that he was present with them. They would find courage. They would find hope knowing that he was with them on the journey. As John is telling us that the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, I think John is helping us to recall this image. Right? The very presence and power of God, the holiness and the glory of God has come to us in the person of Jesus, but in a way that we can see and touch. In a way that when he touches us or we touch him, that it begins to make us holy. Instead of us falling out because we are an unholy people, because we are sinful people, his touch begins to make us new. His touch begins to make us holy. And it's a reminder for us that in Jesus, the power and presence of God is tabernacling among us. He is with us along the way. John is saying that Jesus is the presence of God, the glory of God that dwells among us, who journeys with us through this life, and who leads us into the promised land. That's the key to this as well. Jesus tabernacling among us is a word that's telling us that we can look to him to be our guide through the wilderness. Right? We can trust in his protection as we go through the wilderness. We can trust in his provision as we go through the wilderness. The people of Israel, they're out in the wilderness. They didn't have food that was going to last. They didn't have water that was going to give them something to drink. God showed up. God provided for them. He, he brought down manna from heaven. There were, uh, what was it, quail birds or something that were coming, and they would, they would eat those. Uh, whenever there wasn't water, God told Moses to strike the rock, and water came up out of the rock. God provided for the people's needs. Jesus is the presence of God, tabernacling, dwelling among us, walking with us through this life, reminding us that he will meet our needs, that he provides for us out of his own goodness, out of his own love out of his own storehouses. We can trust in his protection. We can trust in his provision. And we can follow his path as he leads us into the promised land. All the while, while we're journeying with God, he will be at work. Uh, While we're journeying with Jesus, while we're uh, encountering him as the word who lights our path, uh, he's going to be at work refining us. He's going to be at work preparing us to be able to enter into the fullness of God's glory. Uh, He's going to do this work as we journey through the wilderness. He's leading us into the promised land, into the place where we encounter and experience and know the fullness of God's presence, where we're able to enter into the fullness of God's glory. This is the hope of Christmas morning for us, uh, that the light has shined into the darkness, that the word has become flesh and dwells and lives among us and leads and lights our way. This Christmas morning, I pray uh, that the word of God is at work in you, uh, continuing to make you a new creation. Uh, I pray that the word of God is working within you, light lighting your path, uh, that the light of God is becoming your hope, is becoming your strength, that you can trust and know that in whatever situations might come your way, that he will overcome it, that he's working within you to overcome it. I pray that as you're journeying through this wilderness that we call life, 
that you are able to trust in the glory of God that is tabernacling with you, who is leading you on into the promised land as you follow his lead, as you trust in him, as you place your hope in him. Let us pray together. Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks for this giving of your son, Jesus. We thank you uh, that he is a word that we can trust in, that we can know that he is doing something new within us, that he continues to work uh, to create within us something new, to make us into a new creation that would honor and glorify you. We give you thanks that Jesus is for us our light, uh, that he is a light to our path, uh, that he is a light to the world, that he shines in the darkness and cannot be overcome, that not even death can withhold you, but there is victory over death in Jesus' name. We give you thanks that Jesus is the one who leads us into your glory, that invites us to experience and encounter you in the fullness of your presence. Well, we pray that we might draw close to you, that we might know your power and presence at work within our lives, that you would fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit, and that we might trust you as you lead and guide our path. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.